All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Your headshot does look good, Josh, in your uh, your bio. On the NHL page. Yeah. You gel your hair for that? Maybe just a lot of water, you know? No, there's gel in there. Are you a hair, <laughs> hairspray guy or a paste? Usually usually just a little paste. Uh, uh, that's about it. Work it into a lather. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm still with- going. I'm going no helmet and warm-ups, though. So, I mean... Never losing that, you know. When do you think that'll go, honestly? Because they got the visors. Hall got yeah. stepped on. When do you think that's yeah. the next thing? No no uh, helmets. That's got to go. Well, they put the rule in. What was it like if you haven't played? A certain amount of games? Before 2019 or something like 2020 or I don't know what it was, but one of those years. So a bunch of guys, like young guys now are not going to get the chance. But we were kind of thinking like, how are they going to police that? Are they, you know, the refs going to be like, you know, eventually it'll be 15 years down the line and, you know, it'll be obvious, but kind of in that bridge period, I don't know. Cause there's no uh, refs on the ice. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know nope. how they're going to really, really look at that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I started doing it. I think after maybe 300 games or something like that, 350. And then, I don't know. It's fun. You know, got to enjoy the NHL a little bit and it feels, feels. Why uh, did you start big. doing it? Was it just why? Like why? Cause I never did it. I didn't, my hairline, I don't have the hair for it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think I was playing a game at home and in Calgary and uh, uh, you know, okay. the guys are like, the guys are like, Hey, you know, hometown got to go no helmet. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just did it and either played well or liked it and kind of just rolled with it. But I don't know. It's like, a, to me, it's kind of like no other league. Are you allowed to do that? And I guess sooner than later, you know, we're not going well, to be basketball. They can basketball. They can. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But hockey league. Oh, so, that's true. That's true. Helmets. Yeah. Kind of so, like now you get to the NHL and you can do it. Any close calls? Cause you know, the guys uh, they are going high. Yeah. Th- I mean, I, I kind of stay away from the nets. I mean, I'm going to knock on wood, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a couple, you know. There's, you know, there's always a couple guys that are a little bit yeah. out of control and warm up. So um, wheels, uh, yeah, no wheels is good. Wheels goes no helmet too. Wheels is great. But, He's got uh, a nice set of hair. 
Yeah, he, he does. But there's a couple guys that, uh, you know, you got to really watch. Well, Come on, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Who are they? Is it Brendan Dillon? Is it Dilly? Dilly's oh, got Dilly. a terrible shot. <laughs> Dilly goes no helmet as well. And he's got another great head of hair, too. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, I, I'll throw this guy under the bus because he, he won't be upset. But Jansen Harkins, uh, he he's got a bunch of different routines and uh he's a great skater but man he flies around he takes some weird routes so you gotta you gotta be aware when he's when he's ripping around in warm-up and it's good because no one knows who that is so you (laughs) you, that could be a completely made-up name that (laughs) nobody knows you should give me a Pierre-Luc Dubois do you think um is Gary Bettman the reason for this why didn't the PA push back I know we're spending a lot of time on this but what is the, like? It's a dumb rule. Um, probably a. I mean, it's like everything else, safety thing. I'm surprised that I don't know if there's been a recent incident. I can't remember that uh, that caused them to to make that change or not. But um, yeah, it just kind of came out of the blue. But uh, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's. I guess I'm grandfathered in now, so you are I old. Uh, I'm, I'm old, so I'll keep doing it until. I don't know. They just say you can't or uh, the PA, you know, caves and we have to just not do it anymore. Or maybe I have a close call. Who knows? But for now, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> All right. Let's stick with Gary Batman here. This is completely off base. I just thought of it. The new salary cap projections, one million only. What do you think about that? We had a meeting with the uh, PA guys uh, uh, 10 days ago or so. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're still trying to figure out some numbers, trying to see, you know, obviously the big problem for us was the, um, you know, amount that we owed from uh, yeah, COVID and everything else. So, um, you know, we've been, we've done pretty well, actually, I think, in, in paying that off and revenues have been pretty good. Um, you know, I think that I'm always in favor of increasing the cap as much as possible, you know. That being said, you get into a situation where, you know, revenues flatten off or something like that. I mean, you know, that's where we end up getting hammered with escrow. But I I would rather see those, you know, the cap go up. And based on the projections that we're seeing, I think, uh, you know, again, as far as I know, um, you know, it looks like we're we're going to be in good shape in the next few years and, and paying off that debt. So, you know it's been stagnant you know now for for a little bit and i'd like to see uh i'd like to see that go up you know we we actually talked about that a little bit if if there's an opportunity to go up more than than one this year and and get more money uh you know for the players and and for contracts because it it has been so tight um so i don't know at last i heard they were going to look at some more numbers and see if if that's something that we could potentially you know pose and, and see if we can make it more than just the one so there's no truth to the fact that you said let's just wait until the end of 27 28 to raise the cap <laughs> no i mean you know it's obviously a for myself being on a longer term deal um you know i i always want to see the money on the player side like uh, whether it benefits me individually or not everyone's time comes around to to sign a contract or get a new deal. And, um, you know, also as a teammate, you know, I want to, I want to see, you know, us be able to keep our guys and not yeah. you know, lose really good players to the fact that, you know, there's just no money to pay them. So, um, 
yeah, that's the way I see it. I've always felt that way. Uh, you know, you hope the guys return the favor when you're in a contract year. And um, I think that's just looking out for each other. What's the escrow? I know it's public, but what is your escrow sitting at now? Uh, this year, um, I believe it's capped at, so I think it's six this year. Um, I know the last three years were six, which I, I believe is all public. So, um, you know, given the fact that, uh, you know, we lost so much uh, revenue as a league and, um, you know, coming out of COVID and everything else, um, I think we've done we've done pretty well with that in, in my eyes. It's getting there. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to. I'm interested. I was a player rep, so I was interested to see how it's going. But yeah, let's get back to the show. I didn't even introduce you. <laughs> it's so rude. But yeah, everybody, this is Josh Morrissey. If you already noticed, welcome to the show. Everything's going great. Josh is gracing us with his presence. He's having a career year right now. 20, what do you got? 33 points, 29 games. You guys won an overtime last night. You're having a surprising year for the, is that fair to say? Because I don't know. When you guys look at your roster, you're absolutely loaded. Did you guys have this expectation for this year, having this much success so far? I think we had that expectation of ourselves. Um, you know, last year was a disappointing season for us. Um, you know, we've we felt like um it was kind of a lost year. And um obviously going into the the off season, you know, there was a lot of talk about um you know, big trades and guys on the block and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, the organization, you know, didn't make any drastic moves. And um, I think had the faith in, in the group of players that we had um, that with some changes and, you know, the right um, system and staff and everything else we could, um, we had a great team, a great roster. And so, you know, from the moment we hired, uh, Bones and his staff. I mean, in the summer in July, we basically got to work in terms of, you know, trying to figure out some of the things that we needed to improve on as a group, system wise, uh, and individually, you know, player meetings about how we can, um, you know, what went wrong last year and, and, you know, what we need to do to, to have a chance to, to be a good team in this league, which is so tough. So, um, you know, obviously we're off to a great start. I think, uh, our staff has given us a system that really, um, you know, I think uses our skill and speed and talent that we have. Uh, we've had some great additions this year in the lineup, uh, you know, um, from guys that, that we've brought in. And so um, overall, and, and you can't, you know, you'd be remiss without saying how good hell he's played in that too, right? You know, you can't yeah. win without a good goalie. So, um, and a great goalie and a goalie that in my view is playing the best in the league this year. So, you know, all in all, um, it's been nice to get off to this start, uh, you know, see some of the work and uh, time and effort that guys put in the off season and we put in as a group to, to, you know, be a good team. Um, you know, we're getting rewarded, but we're just, you know, 30 games in. So there's a long, a long way to go, but it's been a good start. Well, whatever you're doing, it's obviously working. And I want to ask more about you specifically, because you haven't, you've had a good career and you had a high 37 points last year. You've already got 33 this year. Like John said, is something like, are you playing differently? Or is your approach different? Is the pucks just going your way? Like, what do you, what do you attribute that to? Is it um, the water you're drinking? <laughs> yeah, it's the water. <laughs> North water. Exactly. Um, 
no uh i mean i think first of all um you know we changed our systems quite a bit this year and and bones and staff really want to be uh a lot more aggressive not just myself but our entire back end and um you know up in the play and and in order to do that you need to have the support from your forward so it's really a whole team philosophy and um so I think that's probably the number one attribution to that. Um, but uh, outside of that, I think just, you know, uh, I play with great players and, you know, um, when you get uh, to play in, in key situations and, you know, get that opportunity um, and then you're playing with great guys, uh, good things are happening. And um, sometimes you get a little puck luck as well. So um, I work hard on my game in the off season. I, worked really hard last last off season especially to try to take my game to another level but uh, at the end of the day you know it's opportunity and and the guys you're playing with and um you know, as we talked about before we've got a great team and we're off to a great start so you know usually that takes care of uh, a lot of other individual things yeah how this, this is what i try to wrap my head around and, and it's so difficult i you, i played a little bit not i not at the level that you are obviously but i played defense I look at your roster. I play with Dylan DeMello. Good defense. Underrated. You know, Swift skater does a little bit of everything good. You got Dylan. I played with him. Cement hands, Dilly. He tries super hard. I'm just giving him a hard time. Dilly's good. They got Pionk. You got Sandberg and Heinola. Okay. But, it, but there's you. But then I look at the Winnipeg Jets from five, six years ago. You got Buff. You got Truba. You got Emstrom. You got Myers. You got Stewart. You got Sherratt. You got yourself all-star caliber defenseman why is it you would think that group is going to lead you to a stanley cup but now like you got six guys are playing so great how does that work make this make sense to me josh yeah and i mean nate schmidt logan stanley you know of course yes but um yeah yeah i mean obviously the roster changes over time i mean uh, the year we went to the conference finals against vegas uh you know, um, we had a great team. We had a great team the year after, but you know, whether it's guys retiring or, or, you know, trades or cap or different things like that. Um, obviously the roster adjusts and, uh, but I think, you know, the theme of our, of our back end is, um, everyone's mobile. Everyone, um, you know, I think does a good job of breaking pucks out. And, um, you know, I think the system that we have in place this year, um, we're getting a lot more help you know, from our forwards and just trying to pressure teams all over the ice. So, um, you know, it takes a little bit of the responsibility off any one individual. And, um, you know, it, we're truly trying to play like that team team defense style of game and, and that smothering type of pressure uh, all over the ice. So, um, but we've got a great back end and nice mix. And uh, um, as I said, sort of our whole team, you know, after last season, I think, feels we kind of have something to prove uh to ourselves and and around the league and uh you know so far uh, we're like i said we're off to a good start but we have to um you know keep having that hunger and that fight and compete in our game every day you're what what is this your eighth year seventh or eighth year you're an assistant captain you're the guy on the back end does that weigh on you a little bit knowing that everybody looks to me now especially on the back end. How do you prepare for a game in a season knowing that you're the guy now? Uh, I mean, you know, I think the best part is we've got a, a massive leadership group on our team. I mean, you know, it's not just one, two, three guys or the guys wearing letters. Um, 
you know, we've got guys with a ton of experience and, uh, we rely on, on each other and a big group of guys. So, um, you know, it never feels like it's on any one guy's shoulders. And, uh, um, for me personally, uh, you know, I think when I first got DA, uh, four years ago or whatever it was, uh, you know, I probably put a little too much pressure on myself those first 20, 30 games with it, given that, uh, you know, it was a young guy and, and you want to, uh, you know, do everything right and live up to that, uh, uh, because I took it, I take it seriously and, yeah. and it's an honor to have one. Um, but I think as it's gone along and, uh, grown into that role, I just try to do my job as best as I can. And, um, you know, lead by example and, and bring my best game every day. And, um, as I said, it's, it's, it's easy because we've got such a, a big group of guys, a tight group that, um, you know, whether you're wearing an A or not, uh, whether you're an older guy, younger guy, uh, whatever it is, um, you know, we, we've really been doing it as a team. And uh, um, so it makes it takes the pressure off everyone, in my view. And I'd be remiss not to ask this. Listen, it's 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 a dumpy situation. I was a part of something like this in San Jose yeah. when they they took the C from Joe Thornton and they gave it to Joe Pavelski. It was a big move in San Jose at the time, our reaction was everybody got pissed and blamed the GM and the coach. And we had a terrible season. It was just complete chaos. Everybody was just pointing fingers and no one was taking accountability. You had the same situation this off season. You're a part of the leadership group. What happens this summer when that happens? Do you get contacted by Chevy? Does he say, Hey, this is our thought process. What's what's going on this summer. Was it something that was discussed at the year end meetings? Like we're going to maybe switch some things up next season. Heads up. I mean, basically, you know, obviously there's lots of conversations, things that go on, but, you know, when it comes to actually them making those decisions, uh, you know, it's an organizational move and, and not one that, you know, um, I think is, is a player's responsibility or any of us. So, you know, obviously, you know, last season was tough and, um, you know, we, we didn't achieve what we wanted to. And, um, but at the end of the day, I think when we found out, just before camp um, that the, um, they were going to make that move. And, um, you know, it, it really, at the end of the day, I, I think the biggest, uh, the guy that, that has the most accolades for me is, is Blake Wheeler. Like the attitude that he's had, you know, he called a meeting with um, a bunch of us to talk about that move before, um, you know, the team told us or anybody else told us. And, um, you know, he, I wouldn't have blamed him if he was, was pissed off or, you know, um, took a, a, a bad outlook on it or anything like that. You know, I wouldn't have blamed him at all. Um, but he has just had, you know, such a, a positive outlook that I think, you know, he's not wearing a letter, but he's, you know, the leader of our team and, uh, uh, still is nothing's changed. You know, he basically, um, has just had the best the best outlook possible and i think you know we've all kind of rallied behind him in that too right like see a guy that um you know i know how much pride he took in wearing the c and and being a winnipeg jet and he's been here since the the team came back and um so you know i knew how hard that must have been for him but you know when you see his attitude and and positivity around it and leadership really uh that he showed um yeah we wanted to rally around him and and uh um 
you know, he's, he's just been fantastic. So I think at the end of the day, as you said, um, it's not an easy situation, but, you know, we looked to wheels and, and the way he handled it um, was just, you know, pure class and, and made it, uh, um, you know, I, I think honestly, you know, almost made it a positive and, and he's just really rolled with it this year and we're, we're rolling with him. And it's fun. Like it is funny because it's, you're still the same locker room. People think it's like, Oh, we're going to take the C off his chest and it's going to completely change the dynamic of the team. It's like, no, like you guys have been together for almost 10 years now. It's still the same guys. What do you, what do you think is going to change? You're just going to piss somebody off and hopefully he reacts the right way and good on Blake for, you know, being a, a true pro. And I, I predicted I'll, I'll be completely frank. I'm like, there's no way the jets are going to, you know, come back from this. Cause uh, I was a part of that situation and it was just, it was awful. And I, I don't know how Chevy's reacted, obviously having Rick bonus come in. He's unbelievable. He must be just navigating the situation, but yeah, kudos to you guys, especially you. Like you, you're the vet on the back end and you're trying to, you know, hold everything together and you guys are having a great season. I don't know. I don't want to stay too long on it, but I'm, I'm honestly amazed at how well you guys are playing this year with all the outside stuff, especially in Winnipeg. Did you just get beat down when that news came out of camp? That's, that's must have all you talked about all camp. It's like, Oh, what's going on? How's Blake is what's going on. Was it brutal to talk about? It's like, we got a season to prepare for here. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was big, big news. And, um, you know, I just felt like bad for, for wheels because, um, you know, he's a great friend of mine. He's been my, my only captain in NHL. And, uh, you know, again, I know how much he cared and, and, you know, took that job seriously as a captain. And so, you know, stuff that gets said in the media and stuff like that, um, him having to answer the questions, like, you know, it couldn't have been easy. And and so you feel for him, but, you know, again, I think, like you said, Bones is a great communicator. Um, and I think, you know, that was part of our entire off season really is, is it's not about, you know, guys individually, it's about our group and, and, you know, being a family and, and whether it's sticking up for each other on the ice or, you know, uh, being there for each other, you know, in any type of situation off the ice and, and having that team first attitude, that family, um, you know, environment of a team, uh, you know, I think that's, that's really the the way that we all took it. And, and that's, you know, again, I think Blake uh, deserves just so much credit for the way he handled that situation. And, um, you know, like I said, I think we've rallied, rallied around him and, and it's been great to see him have a fantastic season as well. He's, he's playing awesome on the ice. And um, again, like you said, no, nothing changes, right? Like, it's not like uh, you take the, the C off or a letter off somebody and, you know, uh, they completely change their, their nature yeah. or anything like that. So um, he's been a great leader for us and a great player and um, huge reason why, a huge reason why we're, we're where we are right now. All right, let's get off the serious stuff, Tim. I know Josh is getting pissed off probably. He comes on our show to have some fun. I just wanted to get that out of the way because it's such a mess up. Have a drink of your water. It's good. and Gets your pH balance higher. You play in Winnipeg. Lots of rivalries. Obviously, the Canadian teams, they're prideful. They're fan base. Which team in Canada do you love beating the most? Is it geographical? Is it just everybody wants to shove it to Montreal and Toronto? 
who do you enjoy playing and beating the most in Canada? Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, obviously rivalries get made in the playoffs and, and um, you know, also I think that North division that we had that year, you know, teams like Montreal, Toronto, where we usually play them twice a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, now we're playing, I think we played Toronto 10 times that year um, and they were, you know, the best team in the North division. So we had a lot of big, uh, sorry, my dog's just making some noise here. Tell your wife uh, to stop playing with your dog. (laughs) They want an interview here. Um, But I think, you know, that rivalry really uh, came true. And, you know, there's been some controversial hits and big plays and, you know, stuff like that against those guys the last few years. So um, that's probably, you know, one of the biggest Canadian division or, you know, Canadian rivals that we have. Um, so yeah, I mean, we played Calgary in the play in series, Edmonton in the playoffs the year after, but, you know, neither of those series had fans, um, you know, which I do, I do think plays a part in it. So, you know, in the, in the last couple of years, Toronto has been, uh, you know, those games have been intense and, you know, whenever you even play them at home, they've got so many yeah fans all over, um, that, you know, there's just a different energy, you know, Montreal or Toronto come to town. So um yeah that those games have been pretty fun the last few years when you play toronto and i i tell tim this all the time i think mitch marner is the straw that stirs the drink there in toronto he's super talented who do you game plan for when you're when you're doing your you know pre-game scouting report what what's the plan playing against toronto i mean you know obviously they've got a lot of high-end talent up front uh marner matthews Nylander, Tavares. Um, you know, and depending on how they have their lines situated, you know, it's pretty lethal group. Uh, and the way they're playing right now, the run they've been on, um, you know, they're a good hockey team. So I think you look at you look at those guys, uh, you know, Morgan Riley being up in the rush and uh, their power play. Um, you know, they like a lot of motion in zone offensively, too. So that's something that we'd look at. But um, otherwise... Yeah, you just you have to be aware when those guys are out there because they're they're top end players, and um, uh, if you give them space or or um, you know turn the puck over, I think that's really a big one. Managing the puck against those guys because the transition game that they have and off the rush, they can be pretty dangerous. So um, yeah, it's it's a tough t- tough challenge when you've got uh, you know two two lines like that and um, combination of. I played with Martins at world championship, his ability to pass and make plays and, um, you know, and then a shooter, shooter like Matthews and his ability to score goals. It's a good combination. So it's always a tough match defensively. Okay. So no answer at all then. That's very <laughs> political of you. I, I, I enjoyed that. I'm trying to work your way out of that. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, in, in doing, uh, in prep for the episode, I like going back and looking at like who you played with in different years and everything. You played four years in the WHL and looking through the rosters and I see Leon Dreisaitl. You played with him two years when you guys were 17 and 18. Was he as dominant back then as he is now? Like, did you know he was going to be this caliber of player? Because I feel like he didn't get, maybe because he's from Germany, like that national recognition that a lot of the Canadian and American players got at that age. Yeah, I mean, uh, Leon is is just amazing. One of my favorite teammates we've ever played with, too. Um, just a great guy. And uh, But, yeah, I think, like, when he came over um, at 17, that was my second year junior. We're the same age. and. Uh, um, 
you know, I remember hearing all the hype, you know, it's German Gretzky and stuff like that. And I think because, you know, coming from Germany, obviously there's been a lot of great players that have come from Germany, but, you know, probably didn't get the same. It was like he had the hype, but then, you know, he's not from Sweden or, or something like that or, or Canada or the U.S. So, um, you know, how good can this guy be? And within a couple of days, you're like, wow, this guy. I mean, his hockey sense, his vision, um, you know, all of that was on display right away. And uh, I'm sure it was a big jump coming over um, just in terms of, you know, the the level of junior hockey and when you're a young guy in junior. But, I mean, he excelled right away. Um, You know, he was was unreal. I always felt like this guy is just – his hockey sense, his passion for the game, uh, his compete and – um, passing ability. It's just incredible. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. We had a, a, a great time two years in PA together. Um, you know, played almost every shift together, especially as when we were 18 and, um, you know, talked on the bus. We both love hockey, whether it was playing, you know, NHL and, uh, video games or, uh, watching hockey and, you know, uh, talking shop and stuff like that and kind of thinking about the NHL. Um, so, you know, to see him have his success, I'm really not surprised. I always thought he was that that talented and, and great of a player, and uh, uh, it's pretty cool when we when we face off in the NHL and, and look across the ice because you know we sort of uh, both you know had that dream of making it, and and uh, you know obviously uh, not just making it, but but being good players. So it's pretty cool to to see him doing what he's doing. Cool. Yeah, it must have been pretty cool. So I want to ask kind of a rapid fire series of questions, just quick answers, and then I'll hand it back to John to to wrap it up. Um, favorite subject in school? Um, I would say uh, probably probably math, math or science. Nice, um, my man. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Celebrity crush. Oh, his wife's there, Tim. <laughs> uh, growing up, it was always Megan Fox. Um, you know, and then. Uh, you know, Margot Robbie, I guess I would say in the in recent years. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite D partner of your career so far? It's a tough question. I mean, I've had so many good ones. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, I'm going to piss some guys off with my answer probably, but um, you know, I, I love playing with, with buff just, uh, looking back at that we didn't play that many games maybe 30 or 40 but uh um you know as a as a rookie coming into the league and playing my first tenure with him he was uh you know obviously a talent super talented player unreal player but really helped me just kind of relax and play and not be too uh stressed out or anything like that so um yeah just on a unique scale of, of his game and personality and everything else uh, really, really loved playing with him. And, you know, he helped me, helped me get into the league really my first, you know, like I said, 30, 40 games. Who is the most underrated player in the league? Oh gosh. Wow. These are tough questions. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, you know, I think looking at our team, like, you know, for how talented, uh, Kyle Connor is he's starting to get more recognition, but um, you know, his ability to score goals and um and his skill and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'd say he could easily be, be in that category. 
Yeah, I was looking at like uh, the top goals over the last five years, and you've got Matthews, McDavid, Drysidel, Ovechkin, Pasternak, and then it's Kyle Connor, and he doesn't get that same recognition. Like he's got more goals in the last five years than Stamkos, Marchand, Aho, whoever else. Is it just because he's plays in Winnipeg? Like, why don't you think he seems to get that that national accolade? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess. Uh... Probably like it could be that we, you know, don't get as much coverage here, but, um, you know, I know that like every team that plays against us, uh, knows how talented he is. And, uh, um, you know, he's, uh, he's a real deal. And when you see stats like that, that back it up, um, yeah, I don't think he gets the accolades that he deserves for his ability and his goal scoring, especially. Who's the hardest player to defend? Um, I would say McDavid. I mean, his, his speed off the rush and everything that he does. Uh, yeah. McDavid for sure. All right. Um, and then last question, what's the best advice you ever got? Um, I think, uh, well, I was just talking about this the other day, but, um, you know, uh, I remember, uh, Dustin Bufflin again, just going back to that, uh, you know, my first, first 20 games or whatever it was uh i just remember him uh we had a couple tough nights as a pairing and he kind of pulled me to the back of the plane you could tell i was a little you know nervous as a young guy and stuff like that and he just you know basically said man you got to enjoy the nhl um you know you're gonna get you're gonna have tough nights you're gonna uh play great and um but it's the best league in the world and you know you got to enjoy it you got to look around and kind of smell the roses and you know Maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but uh, <laughs> that was uh, kind of his mindset. I remember we got scored on for the first time and he's like, welcome to the NHL kid, like first minus. So, you know, I think the reason that, you know, the advice was so helpful to me and, you know, I think I've gotten better at it over my career. Uh, you know, I always, always was a guy that took the game seriously and, um, you know, would, would get, uh, you make a mistake hard to shake it off when I was younger as a, you know, a junior player and stuff like that. And so, you know, having him kind of give me that perspective, uh, you know, I think it, it, it really helped me and really changed sort of my view on, um, you know, just going out there and playing as opposed to being afraid to, to make a mistake or anything like that. And, uh, so at that time, you know, just breaking into the league, um, you know, that was great advice and, uh, you know, from a, from a great guy. Yeah, he's a beauty. I've trained with him in Minnesota for years. Unbelievable guy. Love that guy. All right, a couple more. I'm always interested when the players of your caliber, because you're like top 15 defenseman, Tim, probably. Like you're you're a great defenseman. What do you think you have to work on in your game? Because you see you see other players doing things. What do you think that Josh Morrissey needs to improve on? I think I think everything really. I mean, it's, it's you're a such a politician. Answer. It's unbelievable, Josh. <laughs> well, it, it's true though. Like, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I can get better at everything and, and that's what I work on in the off season is, you know, in every part of my game. Um, but you're right. I mean, you, you watch guys around the league um, specifically last year, Kale McCarr, what he did, um, you know, Roman Yossi. Uh, there's so many great defensemen, but you know, those guys, uh, watched a ton of and we play against a lot in the central here and um you know whether it's little things they do ability to get across the line you know when to shoot it when to uh keep moving um 
you know, everything in the game and, uh, try to pick up little stuff and, and, and work on it. But, you know, it, I know it's a blanket politician answer, but, um, you know, there isn't just one thing I think, uh, trying to work on everything. And that's, and that's what makes it exciting to me too, because, you know, you, you work on, uh, any, anything in your game, all elements, skills, defense, uh, you know, little, little plays. Um, and then you see it come to fruition in a game and, and, uh, end up, you know, breaking up a play defensively or, or, uh, you know, producing offensively or something like that. It's a good feeling and, you know, kind of keeps me mentally stimulated. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, there's just lots I can work on. So, um, always trying to pick up stuff from other guys and, and, and work on it, uh, during the season and the off season. Is seeing players like him, Adam Fox, guys like that, has that changed your mentality? Because I played with offensive defensemen before who were like, that's their gig. But you also play against other teams' first lines. You know, you you have to kind of toe that line. How do you – like, when is it time to go? When is it time to play back? Does it – I know it depends on the score a little bit, have, but have you found you're playing more aggressive because of the emergence of these guys? They're changing kind of how defensemen play the game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you mentioned Adam Fox and um, – there's so many guys now, right? Like, you know, Quinn Hughes, different guys that you could, you could mention. And, uh, Eric Carlson has been doing it for a long time and is doing it again this year. Um, I think it's obviously picking your spots, you know, knowing who you're out against, uh, right time in the game. Um, you know, but also for me in particular, uh, you know, as you said, I think you, you look at those guys and, you know, the league tends to be, a copycat league in a lot of ways yep. it has been. And, you know, the Rangers had a lot of success last year, obviously Colorado the success they had, you know, Tampa over the last number of years with, with Victor Hedman, um, you know, and Sergeyev and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you need defensemen that can add that element to your team to, I think be, uh, you know, take your team to another level. And so again, when, when bones and his staff came in, you know, this, this off season, you know, not just for me, but for our whole team, uh, you know, they want that, uh, that aggression and, and aggressiveness up the ice, joining the play at the right time, um, from our back end. And, uh, I think what allows you to do that is, you know, if I jump in the awareness of the forward filling for me or, um, you know, the back pressure that allows us to turn pucks over and then, um, allows me to jump and, and kind of having that green light to go. So, you know, obviously there's individual circumstances in the game, but I think our team game that sort of uh, is built around that style, um, you know, really lets me, you know, uh, take advantage of my, my skills and stuff like that and our whole back end. So um, yeah, I think it's a combination of everything. Obviously you're up a few goals. Maybe it's not the time, but you know, even if it, if you have the support and everything like up uh, like that, then, uh, it still could be the right time to go. So you mentioned Fox and McCarr and Hughes and Hedman and Yossi. You know what all those guys have in common? They can't touch you this year in points. You're smoking all those jabronis. You got 33 and 29 games. How many are we getting this year? Are we going above 60, above 70? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll see. Like You just uh, said, yeah, we'll edit that. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll just say, oh, yeah. Perfect those guys have been doing it for a long time and, and more than just over 30 games, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited and proud of the fact that, uh, 
you know, our team's off to a good start and, and, you know, I'm off to best start of my career. And, you know, it's, like I said, I, I, I work hard on my game to always improve. And I worked hard this off season to, to take my game, you know, hopefully to another level. And, uh, so it's nice to get rewarded, but, yeah. um, as I said, it's, it's been 30 games. I, I want to, you know, make this happen over you know more time than just that. And hopefully, you know, continue to improve and get better. And, you know, points obviously are, are nice, but when your team's playing well, your team's winning, uh, you know, I think, like I said before, you're, you're individually going to benefit from that. And, and all of us individually are going to benefit from that too. So, uh, it goes hand in hand and, um, hopefully we can keep, uh, keep that going. All right. You're heading to the plane. When I used to get on the plane, I used to fill my plate up with food and I used to sit down at the card table. <laughs> Where are you going once you get on the plane and what kind of food are we looking here for the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah. I mean, the never hungry league is, is definitely true here. Um, you know, get on the plane, walk by the sort of in the middle. I don't know what your setup was like, but uh, you know, the sort of, different meatballs and quesadillas and all that stuff sandwiches um so i'll maybe grab like we actually get like some juices and stuff like that as well so of course you know of course right it's a new nhl but no uh, beers (laughs) that's on the way home yeah on the way on the way uh after a win maybe but uh yeah you know nothing there so um have a meal. I, I sit, I don't play cards, uh, sit by myself usually. And, uh, you know, we've got kind of a good crew that we'll either chat and, and talk with, or, you know, watch some, some shows or, or listen to music. But, uh, yeah, I've usually got my own, own spot. Sometimes I'll lay on the floor and, and have a little nap if I'm tired. Um, so yeah, it's nice. Some people are just differently wired. You can tell a true professional, Tim, by how they go on the plane. And what they do there, he's preparing for the road trip. I'd be down in food and playing cards and staying up all night. I wouldn't be napping or drinking. It's a, that's why you're, you, let me see the dog. Golden retriever. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You're the one making all that noise. Tim's got a dog too. It's fine. You guys are great. All right, Josh. Well, listen, man, thanks for joining us. This was great. Uh, congrats on all the success. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to be on here. We've been trying to do this for a while. So nice to finally make it happen. Yeah. Josh reached out preemptively to us and said, I want to come on the show. He's a huge <laughs> fan of the show. So we really appreciate the support, Josh. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, good luck. Tell Dilly I said hi. And uh, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk again, my friend. Cheers. Will do. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.